I'm running out of things to wear because I'm afraid to leave the hotel room. I lay out my dirty clothing on the bed and try to convince myself that some of it can be reworn. I count. Sixteen outfits. Yet only a week has crawled by since I ran from Romeo, Slade, and Hawthorne. We were so busy at work, I didn't have time to drop laundry off at the dry cleaner or to pick clothes up. Several of my outfits are missing, including my two favorite dresses. They were expensive ones, too. It figures. Thanks to Hawthorne, I've got money, but the hotel room is burning through it faster than I'd like. Every dollar spent is a dollar I'll have to pay back, after all. I anxiously twirl a lock of long, platinum blonde hair between my fingers. The family mansion is only a twenty-minute drive away, and I've convinced myself that my grandfather, or one of his employees, is lurking just outside the hotel exit, waiting to grab me. That's ridiculous, of course. No one knows where I am. But fear is like an inexhaustible weight that slows my thoughts, my movements. I decisively push my hair behind my shoulders. Hair twirling is an irritating habit I seem to have recently developed. And try to focus. That blue blouse, I only wore it once. I pick it up, press my nose into the silk. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I catch traces of Slade's woodsy aftershave embedded in the fabric. Pinning it down is like trying to grab a wisp of fog. It keeps slipping away. But oh, there it is, cedar and musk. I feel Slade behind me, his dark, baby-fine hair brushing against my cheek as he lays a trail of biting kisses down my neck. His large hands cup my shoulders as he bends me forward, and his muscular legs press against the backs of my thighs. Impossible to think of Slade without Romeo and Hawthorne. My brow furrows, but I can't summon them. Idiot, I murmur. I'm so desperately lonely that it makes me sick. I was sixteen when I left home. I know how to be on my own, taking care of myself. Other people are supposed to be sources of information. They're supposed to be puzzles to quickly solve for my own survival. I've never missed companionship. Until now. The blouse still in my hand, I go to the window and pull back the faded curtain. It's a blindingly sunny day. In the parking lot below, the sun reflects painfully off the windshields. Every day, different cars. It's reassuringly anonymous. Squeezing the handle tightly, I crank it in a tight circle, and the bottom of the window creaks open several inches. I lean down, putting my nose to the stream of warm outside air, and I inhale. I hope for clean air, like sherbet to cleanse the palate between dinner courses. What I get is the sharp metallic odor of the window frame. On the other side, on the narrow ledge, I see cigarette butts and a desiccated spider, its folded legs like crimped black thread. Still, I inhale deeply and hold my lungs full as I straighten. I exhale until I'm completely empty. I bring the blouse to my nose, close my eyes, and inhale slowly. Romeo's sitting in a chair. He lifts a hand and motions for me to come closer. Despite the expensive suit he wears, even these small movements ripple his massive chest and arms. Slade presses on my back until I'm bent over Romeo's lap. Hawthorne stands to the side, his belt dangling loosely from his fingers, his icy blue eyes intense. My boss's hands move me, reposition me. They know what they want, and they know what I need. Through my blouse and my tight skirt, 
I feel the heat of their bodies. The smell disappears, and I open my eyes. It's embarrassing to admit, but the fact that they haven't called hurts. It's not that I want them to come after me. I don't. It's not that I think I'm not disposable. I know I am. I haven't had friends in years. Perhaps a rejection by my bosses is a small matter, a slight of no consequence, and I just don't have the perspective to see it. Enough is enough. I'll never see them again. It doesn't matter if they were using me. It was a mutual arrangement.